Demogards podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we try and go behind um, uh, the thoughts that animate the actions that create the arts. Uh, and uh, creating art is something that comes very naturally to O'Neill, uh, who's, uh, uh, who's uh, you know, agreed to join us. Thank you very much for your time, O'Neill. Thank you, Shah. Uh, we, of course, um, uh, you know, um, uh, I personally have been a big, big fan of... Uh, uh, of my brother Nikhil, of course, which the world has seen, but also the fact that um, uh, the nuance of music is something that uh, you have understood so beautifully. Basikpal um, remains one of the most underrated soundtracks with the uh, one of KK's nicest. Um, how important is music to uh, 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 to your oeuvre? You know, I was just telling someone that I always am envious of painters and singers <laughs> because it's like <laughs> I wish I could. And uh, yeah, I feel that uh, I, when I was growing up in Bhutan, I always wanted to learn music, but there was no possibility. So, you know, for the longest time in my life, I've been wanting to get to know, learn music. And it's only like, I think over the last five years that I've actually started learning uh, classical Hindustani. Wonderful. And uh, just for myself, I don't, it's, <laughs> I'm not becoming a music director or singer. But uh, I feel that music has always been important for me because also uh, growing up right from my mother and you know in different uh, situations uh, at places music has always been a part of you sure. know, life, life's process, different occasions. So I always wanted it to be a part of my cinema too. Though I you know don't usually picturize it the way you know, mainstream Hindi cinema does. <laughs> so mostly always it's been like, you know, background or used in a certain manner. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there is time, a lot of time to talk about the other discordant notes <laughs> that you've had to hear through life. Um, but you're also a visual aesthete. I mean, uh, you know, um, if you were to uh, carefully look at the movies, everything is is very nicely. And, and does that come from the fact that most of your childhood was spent watching movies? I mean, the, the visual aesthetic of an O'Neill movie is very distinctive. So uh, where did that language uh, originate? I think it gradually, you know, developed as a film. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel that, uh, you know, it developed over time, slowly. Uh, it was not something that, uh, you know, of course, one ha has been a st uh, student of film and, uh, you know, arts, you know, I love paintings and all that. But, you know, I didn't realize that I was developing a style of my own till I think uh, when I was shooting my third film and my assistant, she said that, you know, I noticed that you like taking shots in a certain way. Mm. And uh, very often I would have characters looking into a water body. You know, it could be the uh, yes. sea, it could be <laughs> a lake, it could be just the rain. And you know, where you don't see uh, the characters, you see their the back body. and they're talking. Yes, yes. And uh, I realize now that, you know, for me, it's not always important that you keep seeing the faces <laughs> while they're talking and uh, you know I recognize now that okay these are things that as a visualizers certain uh, certain things are unifying the work that I do. Uh, it was wonderful to see because that's what I wanted to ask you the fact that um, uh, you know a lot of your vis visual aesthetic also comes from a point of view uh, which is something that's very important to you not just uh, visually but also um, uh, it's it, it's a bit of a pompous word but ideologically as well. Yes I feel that also like you know uh, I think 
before becoming aware of the queer gaze, you know, I was actually thinking constantly about how women are, for example, portrayed in cinema. Mm. And probably that also came to me because my elder sister, you know, uh, with whom I co-wrote the book, and she's a film editor, she used to always have this conversations after every time we would watch a film. You know, we, at times she would be really upset about the way the, the women characters were uh, not only portrayed, but also shot, sure. you know, with a certain gait. So for me, it was, you know, uh, when I started making my films, it was important to, you know, think about how I want my characters to be shot. Sure, of course. You know, how, and for me, I realized and, uh, that over my films, uh, mostly the active characters, you know, characters who make change happen are actually the women, you know, uh, sure. and also uh, they are not there as supporting cast to the male character. Right. You know, so they are, they have <laughs> uh, their own, uh, you know, space. Uh, it must have been very difficult to try and explain that to, uh, to mainstream Bollywood. How was, uh, how was that experience getting people to actually work with you? Actually, uh, getting people to work for me uh, was easier than getting people to finance me. You know, <laughs> they're two different things because actresses especially used to always get excited. They're like, okay, here is a role that is not, uh, you know, uh, the gauge is not a very uh, male patriarchal gauge. And also the, the, the ca woman characters had lots to do you know so they were more excited <coughs> but when it come came to financing there would be always men holding the <laughs> purse <laughs> and they're like okay you know i you, i remember the first film i was working on which i was not even the director i was the song director was a film called daman which uh, yeah. uh, was directed by kalpana lajmi of and the course. theme was about marital rape and i remember i was trying to help her distribute the film and when I would go to meet um, distributors, they would say, Achha, Kali ek hi rape hai, wo bhi husband ka aur thoda. You know, so that the, is the, that was the mindset. The discomfort was very evident. Yeah, you yeah. Know, no, also the mindset. Sure. That for them, uh, for the audience, and I think for the longest time, the way uh, Hindi cinema, Indian cinema also largely has portrayed violence against women. You know, even right from the fact that how films glamorize Eve teasing, molesting, sure. you know, that you molest someone and she will at the end of it say yes. You know, so I feel that it kind of also triggers of behavior, which is so problematic. Also, I think the whole thing about the social responsibility resting with the victim uh, bit that you sort of, uh, you know, took on quite squarely uh, uh, in that sense. But also the, the fact that uh, you got someone like a Juhi Chavla and of course Sanjay Suri has, uh, seems to have walked the talk and, <laughs> and yeah. continued that association with you. Um, uh, you know, the, the whole cliche that we see of uh, them, them looking for different roles so that they can be artistically fulfilled. Um, how difficult was it to you, for you to get uh, actors to actually literally do a different role for artistic, uh, artistic fulfillment. Like I mentioned, I think it's always been easier to get uh, actresses, but was actors, it all sure. you know, because again, you know, for them, it was like, wow, getting a role where, you know, they had, uh, it was not being 
opposite someone, you know, uh, where they were like at the end of it, uh, it was like, for example, my brother Nikhil, my first film yeah. was narrated from the point of view of the sister, yes. not the lover, not uh, Nikhil, but it was uh, the sister talking about the brother, you know. So even when I did I Am stories like where, you know, Juhi and Manisha was there, one of the stories, Megha, I wanted to see displacement and violence from the point of view of women because sure. women look at it in a very different way, you know. So it was not uh, very, like suppose the same situation many years later when a Kashmir file would happen would be mm. from a very male, <laughs> you know, kind of perspective sure. also. Sure. Whereas uh, I think the approach to Megha, which was also talking about displacement was very different, you know. And I feel that that is how a lot of uh, actors that I've worked with, you know, men mostly who were always, it was not like the mainstream, mainstream heroes mm. that came jumping because they would not want to do what yeah, I do. Exactly, yeah. But people who have been known like Rahul Bose, Sanjay, they've always done films which sure. are not considered absolutely mainstream. Uh, you, there's also, um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, a lesser known, maybe uh, relatively lesser known aspect of uh, your filmmaking, which is that of an editor. I mean, uh, the the editing of the, of Booth and the fact that you actually edited My Brother Nikhil yourself. Um, you know, the, that's, that's the real, that's where the real art of storytelling lies uh, in how you um, represent the story and where the cuts have to be made. Uh, where, where did the editing journey start? And Actually, when uh, I always wanted to be a filmmaker, but when I was uh, trying to figure out how, you know, I decided to, I got a scholarship and I went for film editing to Berlin. And it was very conscious. I didn't want to go for filmmaking, but editing because I knew that uh, I didn't want to really assist anybody. I want to be the head of whichever department <laughs> I was uh, heading. And so, uh, you know, I, I thought that if I come to uh, Bombay, as wanting to make a film, no one would give me. But mm. if I, you know, was, uh, if I learned a craft and I worked my way through it, I will reach my, I knew it wouldn't happen overnight. Sure. So for 10 years before I made My Brother Nikhil, I worked as an editor, writer, art director, music producer, song director. So I worked on different aspects of filmmaking before getting to make my film. Which is very interesting because, um, you know, um, so what was it? Uh, was it the primacy of the craft first or was it the primacy of the art first? I mean, at first, I mean, did you want to perfect the technique of it before telling the story? I think uh, filmmaking is an art which is also dependent on the craft. Oh, you know, yeah, and uh, is, is you can't separate the two, right. you know, it is very, very, I mean, the how you tell your story also, is about for art, sure. you know. Of so for me, uh, one of the things about editing was also learning, you know, when I was shooting my brother Nikhil, those days was not digital. Right now people <laughs> can just, you know, keep shooting. For sure. And it was film, which was expensive. And it was my first <laughs> film. And I only had a certain <coughs> budget. Sure. But being an editor, I knew the cuts while shooting, I had planned. So I would only shoot each shot according to how I planned to <laughs> edit it. So it would reduce the shooting time and the amount of raw footage we 
consumed, which was very expensive. It was such a wonderful amalgamation of hard-nosed efficiency and creative fluidity. But talking of the art, of course, uh, as you said, uh, you know, um, it's wonderful and it's of course there for everyone to see about how uh, respectful you are towards the craft. But um, I'm assuming and here, of course, uh, there might be a transmission of my privilege uh, uh, to understanding. So if there is, I apologize for that in anticipation. But I'm assuming that your gay identity and uh, uh, your uh, uh, taking care of the of the art must have been parallel lines at some point of time, which then uh, would probably have merged. So uh, was there a merging point or was that identity always a part of how you were thinking of uh, making movies? I think, uh, you know, uh, one also, you know, has this stereotype notion exactly. that if you are gay, the only stories that will interest you is queer stories. And My Brother Nikhil became accidentally my first film. I had written other scripts before, which were also too provocative. And people, you know, didn't finance. And ultimately, we produced My Brother Nikhil ourselves, you know, because it needed lesser budget. But, uh, you know, there will be people telling me, oh, Anir, I'm making your kind of film. <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> let me make my kind of film. And I don't know, you know, very often, if in, you look, when you are anywhere, they will say that, oh, but you know, you make, I'm like, you know, my last film, for example, was a heterosexual love story. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, and for me, as a person, my entire identity is not about my sexuality. I'm interested in other stories, in, you know, other people. And why, I mean, just because maybe the heteronormative world <laughs> can't look beyond themselves, sure. that doesn't mean I can't look beyond myself, you know. And uh, sometimes you feel irritated, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, it is also, you know, I've always been proud of who I am sure. and I feel that the queer gauge that I bring into the stories has always been there. Sure. You know, and uh, it is, and that's why I feel that it's so important, just like, you know, it was important and it's important for more women to tell stories because everything is seen from such a patriarchal, sure. you know, male perspective. Similarly, I feel we need more queer, out and proud queer people telling our stories because, you know, of course you have closet people telling our stories, but someone who can't even say I'm gay or I'm lesbian does not deserve to be behind the camera to tell that story. Sure. Uh, does it sometimes get uh, exhausting to have to constantly <laughs> sort of debunk, um, explain, etc. Because it's very convenient to put things in boxes, is it not? I mean, there's uh, there's the fact that uh, there's a certain way that every, uh, you know, gays have been portrayed, uh, the way they're supposed to act. And, you know, all through decades, we've, <laughs> we've uh, you know, shown our misogyny, as you said, uh, you know, patriarchy, our narrow-mindedness, and that's become a bit of a social norm in that way. Does it get, does it get a little exhausting sometimes? Uh, you know, like, uh, even like yesterday, I think when we were at the session, there was someone who stood up and said, <laughs> oh, it seems to be gay, so much fun, you have so much of sex, so should we turn gay? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> turn gay because there's more sex. And the, your answer <laughs> was wonderful, which was that, uh, uh, to th uh, the answer to that question that only gay was, I think sex is great. Everyone should have sex, which I think is is, is a wonderful answer to give because uh, I I don't think um, uh, sexual identity would have anything to do yeah, with the yeah. act or the pleasure of it. Uh, but uh, uh, there would be like constantly, like for example, on Twitter the other day, 
you know, I was just talking about like it really doesn't matter to me if it's Muslim, Hindu rights, Christian rights, Dalit rights, LGBT. What matters is at the core is human rights. And I will talk about anything where I see, you know. And someone said, oh, you know, I, talk, I accept your orientation. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but when it comes to uh, social security and national, you know, threat to national security, we need to keep that in mind. And, you know, my answer was, thank you. I also accept your sexual orientation. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I don't understand how my sexuality can be a threat to anybody's uh, society's existence or national security. You know, all the uh, honey trap uh, stories that we hear is between a man and a woman, sure. you know, so... Does it mean that you, you know, don't have heterosexuals in the forces because of that? There seems to be, uh, you know, uh, it's we're, we're in the year two, 2023 and uh, yet you are having to answer these questions. Uh, uh, is there questioning in your own head about why? You know, the, uh, the other day, like, it's been, I think, a week uh, and I was all packed to go to the Bhopal Literary Fest. Yeah. And, I'm told that there will be a protest and people might try and attack you and the police can't provide you security. That has actually made me feel sad that in 2005 when I made my film My Brother Nikhil when we were criminalized by law, it was perhaps one of the first mainstream Hindi films to have a gay... I didn't need protection. I was not banned from going anywhere, you know. And so many years later, you know, I'm going for a discussion about a book when we are already decriminalized by law. And, you know, in 2018, the Supreme Court said that uh, history owes an apology to the queer community. And I feel that every day the society uh, owes us an apology for the way we are made to feel, uh, be it, uh, you know, a judge being denied uh, you, you know, uh, being uh, elevated, you know, to, elevated to, you know, because of his sexuality sure. with one of the most ridiculous, you know, reasons that he'll be biased. If you are someone who is sensitive to uh, women's rights or environment or, you know, Dalit right, does it mean make you a lesser human being? Mm -hmm. And does it make you less, you know, you should be actually happy that the person is sensitive and that person will be fair, you know. So this is, uh, you know, this is what I feel the more we claim our space, the more the resistance from the cisgender, you know. Sure. Uh, what are your views on on social media and uh, and its role in uh, in the whole? Uh, I don't know if I have a right word for it, but I'm sure you understand what I'm asking. Uh, I think everything has positive and negative. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a lot of hate which is difficult at times to deal with it affects people's mental health it is you know it is uh, stressful but at the same time it's also like you know when i look at some hate messages that i get right from you should be beheaded and your father is you know how could he have given birth to a person like you and all kinds of really horrible things i think that okay there are you know 80 people sending me love mm. and maybe 20 people hate. So why should I be focusing my energy on that hate? I rather celebrate the love that I get. So, you know, I generally try and look at uh, 
everything with that. Uh, Sometimes it does, I mean, become easy to sort of fall into the victimhood bit, yeah. uh, bit of it. But you literally, um, you know, walk the talk as far as the responsibility of art is concerned. Uh, you know, in, especially in, an, uh, in a field where, oh, yaar kya, entertain karo yaar is, is the thing. Have you, have you faced a lot of that? I'm told by people sometimes uh, that, you know, you've done all this and now why don't you do something which is, you know. Masala. Um, masala like, is, is the word yeah. masala thrown at you sometimes? So I tell people generally that, you know, I wanted to be a filmmaker to tell the stories I want to, hmm. not to be a part of a certain glamour quotient, hmm. you know. And maybe it's my weakness that money has never been the driving force. Sure. Yesterday, actually, my assistant, he sent me a photograph that my mother was sitting with all my assistants in front of her and discussing that maybe he should do something, some other kind of films because she was very worried after what was happening in Bhopal. And the minute, whenever I'm not there, she has this discussions with my assistants that if I should change certain things. So it was kind of uh, funny. But... Uh <laughs> it's uh, there's also uh, you know this uh, this whole thing about the responsibility of art we asked Manoj Bajpai he said that art should not be burdened with responsibility if you feel uh, about it you should otherwise it should be left to its own space in uh, or words to that effect uh, there's also um, other people uh, like Akwasa Padamsi from the theater field who said that of course I mean if you're telling a story it is incumbent that, that responsibility uh, should be, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, fulfilled. What are your views on the responsibility of I feel, you know, when people also say that, you know, cinema is a political, hmm. you know, not responsibilities, I feel that it is their own fear of the use of the word responsibility because there's nothing apolitical. You know, today when you're making a hardcore, uh, quote-unquote, masala commercial film, it is taking a point of view. How can, how a woman is being portrayed or how uh, someone from the minority community is being portrayed, be it in a comedy or whatever, quote unquote entertainment, it's a certain point of view that's being promoted that cannot be without responsibility. Today, if you say that, oh, you know, when you're looking at a film like Kabir Singh and you see how it glamorizes certain way of... Um, you know, Eve teasing and, you know, how can it be that, oh, no, you're not supposed to look at it from that point of view. See how popular it is. And it is reality. A lot of women go through this. I'm sorry. Mm. You know, it is a denial of the power of nar narrative, you know, and you always, there is a point of view. And I believe that there are films which are regressive and there are films which, uh, which, through whichever, it could be an action film, it could be, you know, Avatar, it could be, <laughs> you know, all sure. of these are trying to tell you something. For sure. And I feel that it is, whether you like it or not, there are like, you know, today if you think of films like Chashmi Badur or, you know, all <laughs> those beautiful films. Of course. You know, they were commercial, they were, you know, uh, films that everybody could relate to, but at the same time had a certain story which was talking about certain things, right? And you cannot... Just say that, no, no, no. It's it's not about whether there has to be responsibility or not. As a person, how you live your life, how you treat another person, anyway reflects that. And that is will also reflect in your art. I think the respect bit of it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, then the other word, of course, <laughs> that I'd like to ask you about is courage, which I'm sure must be uh, thrown at you quite often. Uh, do you wear it lightly or uh, does it annoy you just a little? I don't know. You know, when like a lot of people tell me, like even when this Bhopal thing happened, like everyone is like, do you really want to talk about it? And I'm like, but you know, if I had done something wrong, then I should be worried about, you know, and here, there are goons who are threatening to hurt me. Why are they more empowered than me? You know, and why should I keep silent? Because I've not done anything wrong, you know, and I always feel that it's not about courage. It's just that if you respect yourself, you know, be it about your identity in whichever space it is, you will you know, speak up for that if someone disrespects my identity. Like, for example, if I would go to a space and I find uh, firms that disrespect any other community, I will not watch that film. And if I, if my friends, uh, if I go to a party and people are disrespectful or making fun of communities, which these days happen very often, I will leave that party, you know, because I feel it's very, very important to stop normalizing sure. hate sure. disrespect you know and it's not it's not okay to be silent sure and you've not remained silent uh, you know the the movies of course have have spoken quite eloquently what is the process of your filmmaking uh, i mean it'd be wonderful to see how you um, how you approach the the film when you're making it i think what uh, the trigger point is the most important is like uh, usually uh, you know real stories kind of make me want to tell the story, real incidents, and they inspire me. And somehow I feel what uh, excites me are stories of marginalized people or people who I feel are, uh, you know, the stories that do are not told, you know. Sure. So it could be a documentary, like I made this film uh, called The Widows of Rindavan. Yeah. And uh, another documentary called Raising the Bar, which is about uh, children and young uh, people with Down syndrome. And it's just that, you know, certain things move me and, uh, you know, and I keep thinking that what, why can't these people be just, you know, equality? For me, sure. equality is a very, very important word. You know, what makes people deny that to other people? So I think that is the most, you know, and then of course the writing process. Uh, the most difficult part is the finance process. <laughs> you know, everything else kind of uh, sure. moves uh, much more organically. And every time uh, when it comes to, okay, now I want to shoot, that's when the main uh you know, hurdle comes in. Sure. Um, you know, since we are living in the world of social media and listicles, um, uh, those taking their first tentative steps in the in the ocean of uh, of filmmaking, uh, what would the three or five points uh, be? What would those points be that you'd like them to remember or forget? I think one is to find your own identity as an artist. You know, don't try to be like someone else find your being, you know, and today I feel that uh, finance and, you know, how you, big budget, small budget, those, that shouldn't be the driving force. The driving force should be the unique story that you tell, which you can even 
shoot with your mobile phone today. So if you're, you know, if a film by Soderbergh, which is shot on iPhone, can go to Oscars, what stops you? You know, so don't <laughs> look at those excuses. If you have a good story, you know, today with digital media, find people who, uh, you know, like for example, when I meet I am. I was not getting traditional finance, so I went on to social media and it yeah. became one of the largest crowdsourced and funded firm till now in India, Absolutely. you know. So I feel that you have to have that conviction for the story that you want to tell and bring in other people who believe in your dream. But first you have to have authentic dream, not a borrowed dream of someone else. <laughs> That's wonderfully put. Don't have a borrowed dream. Uh, I guess. Um, uh, I'm going to use that word again. The courage to dream is important to uh, take those first steps. Uh, Onir, uh, with a few uh, thoughts that you might want to chew on, uh, because that's a lovely meal, uh, a first step as well. Uh, Onir, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing so generously in your thought process. Thank you, Shartha. Uh, this, of course, is the Teamwork Arts podcast. If you want to know more, all you have to do is follow us on social media, and then you'll know. Thank you for watching. This is the Teamwork Arts podcast.